Good morning. I requested that song. I didn't have anything else to do with it, but I did request it. Yeah. Um, well, welcome, believers, unbelievers, and undecideds. We're glad you're here. Uh, before I get into the sermon, though, we've got uh, a women's retreat coming up next weekend. We've got about 60 ladies going. I don't know how many of them are here right now, but if they would come down front, I'd like to pray for you guys, gals. <laughs> Quickly now. Go to... <laughs> yeah. And Jonathan? Okay. Would y'all just stand and, and, and stretch out your hands in this direction? Yeah, I'll be Father, I thank you for this wonderful deposit that you have placed in this body. It's a wonderful deposit of grace, of love, of prayer, of power that you have put in this place. And Lord, I pray that you would, that you would cover this, these ladies with this, in this coming week and the others who are going to be going. I pray, Father, that their hearts would be prepared long before they get there. I pray, Father God, that you would protect all of the travel that's going to be done. And I ask, Lord, that, that this time, that this coming weekend would be a time when you would do things that, that they can only dare to hope for, that they can only dare to pray for and dream for, that you would do marvelous things, that you would set free, that you would, that you would infuse with faith and power, and that, Lord, it would not just be something that would happen on this retreat, but it would be something that would happen throughout the rest of their lives and for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, also, let me just tell you, we're going to, on the 15th, which is two weeks from today, have baby dedications. So if you have a, a baby or a small child that you'd like to have dedicated, uh, uh, just let one of the pastors know or call the church office and, and let them know. We normally would do that on, uh, on the second Sunday, but uh, these gals are supposed to be back in the house, but we decided we'd move it to the third Sunday. So it'll be on the 15th. And yes... <clears throat> I do have on my Easter ensemble that I had told you about last week. Um, I have a shirt of many colors, which is uh, reminiscent of Joseph, uh, who was a type of Christ, sent by his father to his brothers, rejected by his brothers, put into the hands of strangers, though he had done nothing wrong and was completely innocent, suffered so that many lives could be saved. So I have on a shirt of many colors. I also have on a vest of righteousness because Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead. And I, I, I can, I can, you know, white vest is only a white vest till you spill something on it. But the righteousness of Christ covers us forever. And to the very discerning, some have noticed that I also am wearing blue suede shoes. Uh, I'll have to tell you, there's a little story there. I, I, I knew I was supposed to have some shoes for today, and, uh, and it just wasn't working out. It just wasn't. And then the anointing came on me and, uh, and sent me to just the right place, and I noticed blue suede shoes, and I went, oh, yes, I've never had those before. And this is so appropriate because ever since Christ rose from the dead, everything's been all shook up. Yeah. 
I'm glad you all are old enough to know that reference. I was worried. Uh, wonderful day. Would you, would you stand with me? We're going to read a passage of Scripture that doesn't usually get read on this day, but I think it's very appropriate. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's Word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Father, I thank you for these words. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would be present in this place to encourage those who need encouragement, to convict those who need conviction, and to bring life to everyone who is here through an encounter with the living God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Speaking of all shook up, uh, there was this... Um, storyteller at the library in Smyrna this week who got a little bit shook up because uh, our grandsons, Jack and Bo, ages four and two, were at the library for story day on Thursday. And the, uh, the lady says, boys and girls, do you know who is coming on Sunday? And with no hesitation, simultaneously and with great vigor, both of my grandsons shout out, Jesus! You know, and she's kind of like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Jesus rose from the dead on this day. He rose, rose from the dead. Seriously. Do you believe that? That's about the percentage I was expecting. That's why I prepared this sermon for today. Yeah. C.S. Lewis uh, has a quote that's one of my favorites and not just mine, I understand. But uh, it says this, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. Now, uh, can we actually just think for a minute? I know that's not something we do a lot of in, in our culture, but can we just think for a minute and, and agree about the veracity of this statement? Now, there are some things that you can twist. The church, for example. The church uh, can be moderately important regardless. I mean, you know, they've built hospitals and taken care of orphans and fed the poor and done a lot of other stuff, mostly good. But, you know, can be moderately important. But Christianity isn't, isn't an organization. Christianity, actually, I, I, don't, uh, I prefer the term the faith. Because that's what it is. It's, 
It's an idea. It's it's a way. It's an expression of faith. And if it isn't based on truth, then it is of no consequence whatsoever. You you don't need to consider it. You You don't need to think about it if it's not based on truth. And the truth of the faith rises or falls on an historical event. I mean, it is all, if this event happened, then it's true. If it did not happen, it's not true. It's just that simple. In fact, Paul says over in 1 Corinthians, he says, if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. Because that's what it's all about. It's whether or not Jesus rose from the dead. And if he did, then it is the most important thing, period. It's more important than who wins the Super Bowl. It's more important than who wins some war over there. It's more important than who wins some court case. It's, it's, it is the most important thing in the discussion. If he didn't, well, then hopefully the Easter Bunny came to see you today. We, uh, we tend to not like politicians, or, or we do like them, or we don't like them, but we, can, we tend to ridicule them because it's hard to get a straight answer from a politician. Has anybody ever noticed that? You know, Senator, what do you think about the Tenth Amendment? Well, assuming the Senator knows what the Tenth Amendment is, you'll get a history lesson about the Tenth Amendment, but you won't get a straight answer. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's reason for that. And so we, we tend to, we tend to kind of look down on that. We sort of go, we want, come on, what's wrong with yes or no? What's wrong with a straight answer to something? We feel like people should give straight answers, maybe excluding us. When it comes to the resurrection, what is your straight answer? There are only three options. One of the options is no. Oh, no, that, that's ridiculous. Of course not. I mean, people, people do not rise from the dead. You know, when, when, you're, when you're gone, you're gone. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes, boom, end of discussion. You know. Of course, no one really knows from personal experience. So... You know, what, what you're saying is, this is what I believe. You know, just, just the same way that somebody who has the faith believes something. You know, this is what I believe. I believe when it's over, it's over. And Jesus certainly couldn't have risen from the dead. And if that's, if that is your answer, then I would, I would ask you to consider two things, a couple things. First of all, history indicates otherwise. History indicates otherwise. Uh, this man, Jesus Christ, he said a lot of things. He taught a lot of things. He, he said a lot of things would happen, and they happen. <laughs> you know, and, and the things that he teaches are radical, but they're, they, they just turn the world upside down. But when you look at them, you go, that's right. You know, it, it, if, it, if it's what's in my heart, then... You know, I'm just as guilty as the person who did it because it's what's in my heart. Yeah, that's something he taught. Uh, love really, even, even our enemies, we really should love our enemies. We ain't going to do it, but we really should love our enemies. I mean, we, we know deep inside that that's, that's true. I mean, it rings, it rings so, so true, the things that he had to say. And one of the things that he had to say was, the Son of Man's going to be in the, in the grave three days and three nights, and then he's going to rise again. Whoa. So he got all this other stuff right, and he got that wrong? 
And then there also are eyewitnesses. You know, in, in historical research, eyewitnesses are the they're, the, they're the gold standard. I mean, if you've got somebody who talked to somebody, who, talk, who knew somebody who was actually there, you hadn't got much. But if you got somebody who went, I saw it, I was there, this is what I saw, you've got, you, you've got the gold standard. You, you've got, you've got what's, what's precious. And we have a tendency to think, yeah, well, they had an agenda. Yeah, they did have an agenda. They wanted to save the world, and they had been given a command to go and, and, and share the, the gospel, the, go, and, go and share the good news. Uh, that, was, that was their agenda. But it wasn't like, you know, their, their Savior died, and then they all went, well, you know, he said he was coming back. He didn't. I tell you what, let's just tell everybody he did. Come on. Really? No, I mean, if I had invested my life into, into somebody, and then it turns out that they weren't what I thought that they were, I wouldn't be going, well, let me try and convince everybody that of the lie that I have been crushed by. And not only that, they gave their lives for it. You know, if I, if I were to say, I saw my dad last night. Now, for those of you who don't know, my dad died 10 years ago. Now, if I were to say, I saw my dad last night, you know, I mean, y'all would kind of go, yeah, right. And No, no, I saw my dad last night. Well, I'll tell you what. If you don't change that story, we're going to kill you. Well, if I'm the only one who saw my dad, you know, I might change my story. I might kind of go, well, maybe I didn't see my dad. Maybe it's just, you know, but if all of y'all saw my dad too, then I, I might be tempted to go, I saw my dad last night. They said, we saw Christ. He stayed with us for 40 days. He ate with us. He hung out with us. He, we touched him. We, we, we did things with him for 40 We saw him ascend into heaven, so kill me. Pretty strong stuff. And if, and if your answer is no, if it's still no, then where's the hope? Where's the hope in your life? I mean, is your hope that you're going to make more money or something? Let me tell you something. Whether or not you answer yes or no to did Jesus rise from the dead, let me give you another yes or no question. Are you going to die? If you don't know the answer to that one, I'm here to tell you what it is today. Because the answer is yes and maybe is not an option. Some people say, well, I don't believe Jesus rose from the dead, but I do believe that, you know, there's an afterlife. Well, if there's an afterlife, why couldn't he rise from the dead? Say, well, it's never been done before. Well, just because something's never been done before doesn't mean that it can't happen. Well, that's one of the, that's one of the answers that people could give is no. The answer that most people give is maybe. I really don't know. This is the single most important question you will be faced with in life. And your answer is, uh, I don't want to think about it. Well, I don't really have an answer. That's the politician in us, okay? That's, the, uh, that, that's maybe is not on the drop-down menu, people. Everything else is grayed out. There's yes and there's no. You know? and, 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 and maybe is, is the coward's answer, the, the fearful, the... the uh, 
the, the unbelieving almost counts for nothing. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't really do you any good to go, well, you know, I almost thought he rose from the dead. Well, either did or didn't. It's just that simple. And then there's the answer that I hope everyone could come to, which is yes. Yes. And you see, when you, when you come to that answer, it opens up a whole new world. It, op- it opens up a whole new kingdom. It opens up a, a whole new way of, uh, of living. You know you're going to leave this life. I, I know four people in the last week who've, who've exited. You know that you're going to leave this life. But will it be with fear and anxiety and and, and, and apprehension, or will it be with anticipation and expectation and, and, even, and even joy? You see, what today is all about ultimately isn't so much what happened to somebody 2,000 years ago. What today is all about is what's going to happen to you. Because what happened to somebody 2,000 years ago has a direct bearing on what's going to happen to you. Uh, you know, on, on Easter, I don't, I don't usually uh, bring this kind of sermon. Uh, I, actually, I usually bring better ones, but uh, <laughs> no, no, this one hopefully is pretty good too. But, uh, the, uh, but on Easter, you know, that's the day that I tend to kind of zero in on where you going, what matters, will you give your life to Jesus? Because I know that there's people here who, you're just here because it's Easter. Or, or, or maybe you gave your life to Jesus at some point in time, but, uh, you know, you're kind of messing around and, oh, well, you know, I need to go tip my hat to God on Easter or something like that or whatever, or I need to be there for Aunt Sue or, 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 or something. And... Uh, and so I, I want to, I, I, I do tend to bring this type of message on, on this day. And, and, and let, me, let me say, boy, I really, I, I really enjoyed the atmosphere and the worship and everything. And most of the people here, a lot of the people here were kind of like, wow, that was good. This, this is so much better than regular life. Yeah. But then some of you were here and you're kind of like, this is very uncomfortable. I am not having a good time. What are these people doing? Yeah. But when you say yes to Jesus, it opens up a whole new, a whole new way of living and thinking and moving and breathing. And it's, I've done both. And there's no comparison. This is, this is the one. This, this is the one I'll take. Let me give you, uh, I want to give you three exit stories very quickly um, of people who said, yes, he rose from the dead. I know he did. One of them, first one, uh, first one's my dad. And if you've been here for a long time, you've probably, I think I've shared this on Sunday morning, but uh, I, I not been an Easter Sunday morning. It's been a while. My dad, like I say, died 10 years ago and he was 92 at the time. And he had, uh, he had fallen and broken his hip. Uh, two or three months before, and he just never really came back out from the anesthesia. It just, uh, you know, he didn't. The fog never completely cleared. Uh, and the last couple of months, he spent over at uh, Mayfield Nursing Home. But he was having a good time. 
Uh, you know, I mean, then there were days when he wasn't having a good time, but for the most part, he was having a good time because he wasn't really sure where he was, but he, he thought he might be back in Union City where he grew up, but he, he knew God had called him there and called him there to, to minister to these people and, and, and do something for God. And so uh, apparently the first, uh, the first meal that he had when they took him down to the lunchroom, he got himself elected their pastor. I don't think everybody voted, but, you know, a few did, and he got himself elected their pastor. It was great. Uh, the last time I saw my dad, I because uh, I'd go over there virtually every day, and, and the last time I saw him, uh, he was sitting in, in, in a day room, in the center of the day room, and, uh, and there was a, a lady sitting beside him. I think she was a social worker, and then everybody else was, was, was sitting around them in a circle. And uh, I knew that my dad had been sharing the, the Bible and sharing the gospel and stuff with, with people because uh, some of the workers there had told me that, you know, and it had impacted some of the people's lives. Uh, and uh, so anyway, I, I, I guess he was helping her or something. I don't know, but he knew he was supposed to be sitting in the middle. And when I looked in the window, he looked up, he caught my eye and he goes, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy, you know, got, got stuff to do. So I went, well, I'll, uh, I'll come back. I'll come back tomorrow. Uh, and on the way home, you know, f- for the first time, and he had been, uh, well, it, it had been several months. But for the first time, uh, I felt compelled to pray, and I went, you know, Lord, if you want my dad to live to be 100, that'd be great. Uh, in fact, if he had lived to be 100, he'd still be with us until this July. But... Uh, I, uh, I said, if you want my dad to live to be 100, that'd be great. But, you know, if, if you're ready for him, uh, he's pretty happy right now. I think this, this might be a good time. And when the phone rang at 2.30 in the morning, I didn't even have to answer it. You know, I knew what they were calling to say. Yeah. And when I got to the hospital, they were going, you know, Mr. Meek, we're very, and I'm going, hey, it's, it's okay. It's, this is what he lived his life for. Second one is... Uh, Will's grandmother. And uh, uh, Will Severe is our worship pastor, those of you who don't know. But Will, we were on our way last month to, uh, to Nashville to have lunch with some pastors and people that I get together with once a month up there. And uh, Will was telling me, I don't know how we got on it, but he was telling me about his grandmother. And apparently his grandmother was 83 when she passed. And as far as anybody knew, was in good health. Uh, she had uh, a few months earlier moved into a, a senior home, a senior living place over in uh, uh, Green Hills, and she wasn't happy about living there, but she was she was okay, and uh, and she would go have uh, dinner with one of her sons uh, once a week, is my understanding. And there's some family members here, so I hope I don't mess this up. But anyway, apparently, and I got to looking at, it, and apparently it was April the first. Uh, 10 years, no, 13 years ago today, uh, she's, she was at Uncle John's, as, uh, as um, Will says. And uh, she was at Uncle John's, and they were, they were getting ready to eat, and apparently something came on the television about Pope John Paul. Pope John Paul was very near death, and he was getting ready. I mean, they, they were going, he's not going to last very long. And apparently she made the statement, I always thought I'd go before him. You know, I don't even need to tell you the rest of the story, do I? Yeah. So I always thought I'd go before him. And as they got uh, up to go to the table, she excused herself, went to the restroom, 
Closed the door, they heard the clump on the floor, went in, and she beat the Pope to heaven. <laughs> now, you know, there were tears, and there was, let's try to revive her and everything like that, but uh, uh, she wasn't coming back. Uh-uh. No. Because she always thought she had beat that guy. And she did. Wahoo! Well, we got up to... Uh, uh, to Nashville to the lunch, and I said, well, you need to tell them that story. <clears throat> and so, uh, uh, you know, because apparently it, it is legend in the Severe family now, you know. Uh, and so he told the story, and one of the guys there named Jeff Gregory said, uh, you know, I have, uh, that, that's great. I only know of one other thing like that. He said, I got a call one time to come in. There was a lady in our church who had been in a coma for quite a while, and I got a call to come and pray for her because they were going to take all the they were going to take the uh, all the respirator and machine and everything off and she's going to die. So I went to go and pray for her. And when I got there, he said, she's sitting up in bed. She's lucid, she's talking, and the room is filled with the whole family. And he 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 numbered off how many there were. There were children, there were grandchildren, there were great-grandchildren. And uh and she talked to every one of them. She, she, she spoke to every one of them. She gave them a blessing. She, she spoke over their lives, each one. And the last one was this, was this son-in-law who had been a real hellion. And so she's talked out loud to all these others. And so she gets to the, to the son-in-law and she goes, come here. And she's whispering in his ear. And he, he said, I don't know what she said to the guy, but he was, he was trembling like a leaf and, and crying like a baby and gave his life to Jesus the next Sunday. But, you know, so, so she talks to him, and then she looks at Jeff, and she says, okay, do what you came for. And so Jeff, okay, he prays over her. She closed her eyes, breathed two breaths, and went to heaven. Yeah. How do you want to go? Do you believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? See, God brought you here today because there's no shadow He won't light up, no mountain He won't climb up, no wall He won't kick down, no lie He won't tear down, chasing after you. You kind of go, well, man, I kind of feel it right now, but if I get out of here, I think I'll feel better. No, you'll just feel blinder. Because this is the light. Jesus is the light of the world. And so, you know, this may be the first time that you've been in church since last Easter. But uh, why don't you give your life to Him today? Why don't you quit being a politician and answer the question? Decide if He did or if He didn't. And if He did, He wants you.